Welcome to Car Wash, the podcast, your source for real stories and real business insights from the experts, both in and out of the car wash industry. So put it in neutral, feed off the brakes, and take your hands off the steering wheel, because here we go. Here is your guide on this journey, Car Wash Magazine Editor-in-Chief, Matt DeWolf. Hey everybody, welcome to this episode. I am your host as always, Editor-in-Chief of Car Wash Magazine, Matt DeWolf. And today, friends, we are going to have a fantastic conversation uh, for you. We've got some experts joining this panel uh, to help enlighten you on one of my favorite and least favorite topics, menus. So uh, we're calling this one Menu Matters because menus do matter. Uh, and we're going to talk about um, how you can make them matter more in your organization and how you can use those as a tool to really maximize that customer experience and, and make that part of your overall brand um, connection. So we're going to get into that here in just a minute. I'm going to warn you all that this is going to be a show about some big ideas. And we're going to raise some questions and we're going to give you some thought provoking stuff to think about. It might not work <laughs> for your business but it might. So uh, let's, uh, let's, without further ado, friends, let's bring in our panelists. We're going to bring in, uh, joining us today, we've got Jessica Price Easter from Qualcomm. We've got Ann Mahler from Soapy Joe's. And we've got Nick Rodia from Sergeant Clean. Everybody, welcome to the show. Good morning. Thank you, Matt. Happy to be here. That's better. I mean, we're getting there. I mean, <laughs> one of these times, like, one of these times, I'm just, we're just going to erupt in, like, applause and excitement because it's so fun to be talking about menus I remember you cow- Maybe not. <laughs> yeah a cow oh my god one of the, the poppers yeah, <laughs> yeah. Right, next time i promise all right all right i'm gonna hold you to it so like i mean i expect that i expect that maybe I, maybe the trick is i need to send you guys <laughs> the swag <laughs> and then you can you can do the thing okay cool all right well thank you for joining us we're going to talk about menus today, uh, and I, I know, I think where most of you stand on this topic, and so this is going to be a fun conversation. Uh, I want to go into, I think, we're going to talk what's good, um, what's bad, what's ugly, what should we maybe be thinking a little bit more about in terms of where menus fit in our overall uh, marketing efforts and customer experience efforts. And so, friends, because I really like to keep these things positive, let's start with what's good, and we're going to go, uh, maybe you all can share maybe one thing that you feel like your organization is doing well uh, when it comes to menus um, or uh, something that you're seeing. So we're going to start uh, with Anne, and the floor is yours, my friend. Well, good morning. Thank you. I, when I think of Soapy Joe's menus and the one thing I would say we're doing really, really well is absolute focus on our memberships. We retooled our menus about two years ago now and took the opportunity to Takeaway messaging that wasn't helping us achieve those goals and add in messaging that was also uh, dividing out our membership pricing from our single washes. So they actually occupy two distinct areas on our menu so that we are able to focus 100% on making sure that we're uh, really focused for our sellers who are at those XPTs. It's easy for them to understand what the focus is. And then, of course, our consumers who are driving up and just need to know in an instant what the focus is. So um, for us, I'd say the thing that Sophie Joe's is doing really well is that focus on memberships as it's expressed on those menu panels. Yeah. And I mean, you kind of have to now, right? I mean, that's a thing that has to be out there. You have to have that as part of a holistic thing. And I think what that really does for you all 
um, is makes things consistent, right? And gives extra touch points because uh, you might think that you're talking about something all the time, but for that customer, they might only get it one time uh, in three months. And so we need to be mindful of that as we put these messages out there that sometimes uh, just because we feel like we talk about a thing too much and, it, and then it's everywhere, it might have to be. That might have to be the way it goes. Uh, Nick, how about you? Uh, what, what is Sergeant Clean doing that you guys are, are uh, thinking is good when it comes to menus? Yeah, so, so first and foremost, I 100% agree with Ann. Well done. Uh, prioritizing uh, membership is a win. Um, but Matt, I think you said it. Uh, you, you stole the word out of my mouth. It's consistency. So whether it's your, your physical menu that you may be distributing at the point of sale to non-members or members alike, whether it's a, a placard you may have printed out that's a little bit oversized or the media associated with your point of sale software, having consistency across the board, uh, I think is, is a win. Um, whether that's brand specific for uh, color scheme, messaging, but ensuring that it's consistent across all visuals that you have associated with any type of menus on or offsite. I love that. I love that. And so many things to talk about when it comes to menus. I'm so excited for this conversation, you guys. So, um, okay. So next we're going to turn it over to, uh, to Jessica. Uh, for those of you who don't know Jessica, Jessica is with Qualcomm now, has a fantastic operator background as well. Uh, has sort of seen a lot of things. And so Jessica, we're really looking for some major expertise out of you today. So no pressure uh, or anything, but uh, what have you seen or what do you think is going well when it comes to menus? So um, I will say that menus are a really hot topic when it comes to us working with our customers right now um, on the marketing front. And we do what we can to support them as best as possible, whether it's from design or just creative brainstorming. Um, our stance on it may be a little bit different from other manufacturers. So we, along with Ann and Nick and, and what they were saying, we, we completely agree with supporting the branding for each individual customer at their individual locations. And it's not about promoting the Qualcomm brands for us. It's about building the customer's brands. And I think that's something really important when you're trying to figure out the best way to clearly and concisely communicate your offering to a customer. It's not about using brand names here or there. It's about you know creating a strong package that you're offering to your customer that they understand what it's gonna do for them. And so that's been our real big push. Hey, if you like our brands and you wanna use our brands on your menu, you're welcome to, but you know, we really support our customers with trying to help them figure out the best way to communicate things to their customers. And that might not always involve our products or logos. Yeah, that maybe the hardest thing to do as a as a brand owner and a brand officer, right, is to say, it's okay if my brand doesn't show up on your thing, right? But but sometimes it's not the right thing. And, and to do right by the people that we're serving and the, the customers that we're serving um, that becomes super important. Uh, this, so, okay, Jessica, you led us right into the bad, um, <laughs> which I'm, I'm so thankful Oops. for because this is where it gets really good. So, okay, friends, if you're watching or you were listening to this, get ready. Cause we're going to challenge you a little bit here. What's going on. That's bad. And I want to start with everybody's take on, uh, what Jessica was just talking about, uh, how much, um, how much NASCAR stickering are, are you all doing? And is that good or bad uh, at your menus, uh, at your locations? Let's start with Nick. 
because I know you're going to have a good a good take on this. <laughs> okay. You love signage. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. Um, you know, this is a, this is a great talking point. Um, I think it's something that uh, we debate internally, and I think most operators do. Um, you know, my personal design preference is, is less is more. But I, I think, and, and maybe I'll come back to logos in a, after the other two speak, but I think it's important that sometimes us as marketers or operators, you know, in general, everyone has their own idea of what good design is or what marketing is. But I think it's hyper important to ensure that we're looking through the perspective of your members or guests. Those are the people that this messaging, this branding needs to speak to. And, and us as marketers and operators can't get wrapped around the axle in terms of what's best for us, maybe aesthetically, we really need to focus on looking through the lens or perspective of members or, or guests. I love that. I love that perspective. We're going to come back to that, but I want, and I want to give you a chance to talk about what's, what's, what's bad or, I mean, maybe you think it's good. Maybe you think using uh, lots of uh, logo graffiti is good, but I'll let you have the floor. I, for me, I go the opposite direction. No. So what I, if answering your original question, what's bad out there, I just really have a strong reaction to complex menus, a, a negative reaction to them. So I was looking at, at a menu the other day and there was four different levels of product. And then within the four, you could pick an A or B scenario. And then there were add-ons and then there was a business account version of that, which added on another price. But then in that business account version, it really just allowed access to discounts off those other add-ons. And the complexity that that brings to the consumer in the moment when us as operators are looking for speed of throughput, I, I think is at cross purposes with our goal of helping the customer find what is right for them quickly and have a confident choice on their hand. So for me, what's bad out there is over-engineered menus with too many layers and mm -hmm. even um, ones that have contingencies and riders that relate to each other. And I mean, you need like an abacus to get through that line. <laughs> I mean, just how do you do this? So that for me is, is a big no-no is the over complexity of the offerings and the pricing scheme that goes with it. Yeah. I mean, I, I think it's, um, it's really easy for us to just slap a bunch of stuff on it and say, well, just people are going to want options. They're going to want options, options, options. But the reality of it is, and this has been proven out in study after study after study, that the, the more choices somebody has, the more paralyzed they become and the more unable to make that decision they, they're going to be. And so uh, the last thing that you want when your lanes are stacked up and you are just sweating it on a busy day is for that customer to be sitting there going, oh my God, I don't know what I'm going to pick. Like, what do I do? I, I, I don't know. Do I want ceramic? I don't know what that is. Do I, wh what's the super shine? I, I, ah! You know, and so at the end of the day, customer experience should always rule out, right? Because you want less friction uh, when it comes to that transaction and being able to make that make that really quickly. Uh, Jessica, uh, because you started us on this path with um, <laughs> with our logo talk, let's go a different direction for you. what what do you um, what do you tell customers of yours uh, that they should be doing, right? or maybe what they should not be doing? a do or a do not? Yeah, so um, you know, I, I think that simplicity in messaging is is key. 
and to really realize the value of your signage real estate when it comes to both being on site and online and again bringing consistency there so pick what your messages are maybe pick your top two to three value propositions that you want to get across to your customer and figure out the simplest way to get those communicated across to them not in a way again that you as an operator understand but in a way that a, a customer you know understands maybe you talk to your family that's outside of the car wash industry and say hey what do you look for when you pull in to a car wash or uh, what's your favorite retailer doing right now that really calls to you and 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 makes you want to support that brand? And I think that um, again, not to you know continue to say the same thing over and over again, but simplicity and consistency are so key in getting your messaging across. There's a reason when you're watching TV, you see the same commercial over and over and over again, because the number of times that they know you need to see that message before it sinks in exists. And, and we as car wash operators need to be using the same tactics when it comes to trying to sell our message and our brand. Yeah, yeah, I love that. I love that so much. Like, I mean, I think that menus, Look, is one of the things in this industry that we are still sitting on and kind of an old model of doing things, right? In so many ways, this industry is changing and evolving and adapting. And you're seeing all these great things happening on the technology front, but we're holding on to some baggage when it comes to our menus, friends. I mean, it is, it's, it's real. I mean, we like, we know how it was done and we, we want to put all the logos up there and we want to tell the customers, we're going to educate them on how our process works along the way. And you can do that to an extent, but I mean, honestly, as a customer, they don't care. <laughs> they want they want clean, dry, shiny, and you know, it's it's <laughs> that's all that matters to them at the end of the day. Let's um, let's go into some some provocative thoughts. Then let's start thinking about what might we be able to change when it comes to our menus, and how might we uh, be able to evolve uh, our current menu structures and how we approach them into something new. And so to do that, I think. Um, we're going to, we're going to like try to steal something, right? Because this, I don't, I, there's no original thought out there. You just take, take and grab, right? You take and grab. So I was doing a lot of research on um, restaurant menus, right? And what do they do? Like what's, what's best practice in that space? So let's talk about a thing. I want to, I want to talk about two things. One is uh, this notion of, um, do you need the currency sign on your, um, on your prices? And the second thing is, do you need your prices? So you all can, I'm, I'm going to give you each an opportunity to speak to this. You can pick either one of those things about the, the currency sign uh, or <laughs> actually having prices, um, your choice. So I've given you all a few minutes by blabbering so that you can think and prepare for that. <laughs> that. Nick, you're up, my friend. Put me on the spot first. Uh, okay, yeah. fair, fair enough. Um, you know, these are two innovative ideas, uh, and, I, and I like that this is a forum where we get to discuss this out in the open. Um, I don't know if I have a specific answer. I think that the one thing that we've put a lot of time, energy, and effort behind is finding a way, now using pricing as a way to show the value of the membership from mm -hmm. single visit pricing next to the unlimited membership pricing. And part of the conversation at the point of sale is kind of talking through the, having a conversation with non-members as they pull up. To pull that off, I, I love the idea. I'm just trying to think 
you know, big picture, how do you continue to have those conversations where it makes sense? Um, because some people are purchasing on, on price. Uh, other people are purchasing on value or perceived value. And, and how can we as marketers set up our frontline team members for success if they don't mm -hmm. have something that they're used to? I, I'm, I'm interested to see what Ann and, and Jessica said. I like this topic. Yeah, and and you get to go next. I'm going to hold my thoughts until the end. Yeah, I would say I'd be reticent to remove the prices. I mean, that to me is bold. Yeah. In the menu on site, um, I could see different applications where that would work. If you have a brochure, for example, or your website, and you're able to gain interest that pulls people to the site for trial, but I would... I'd be reticent to remove that from the actual menu on site where I do think that I'm aligning with that overall philosophy is reducing the amount of just digits and visual weight. We're talking to people who are in their cars. This yeah. needs to be a three second headline read type digestion of your information. So what we've done at Soapy Joe's, we do have the dollar sign to answer your question directly, but we've dropped the decimal and the cents. So all of our numbers are round. Mm. You know, it's not $9.99 for our, our intro wash. Our classic Joe is $10. And, you know, customers are smart. They know $9.99 is 10. And it 10, 15, 20, we've got a nice clean architecture. People clearly can see that and see those distinctions. I, I think it goes back ultimately also to just the speed of processing on our customers as they're trying to make those decisions. So that's one step in the direction of simplifying from a literal digit perspective what's on there. Yeah, but Ann, what about a dot .97 oh, or a dot .95? Man, now you're starting to get into the ugly mat. No me gusta. Yeah, I mean, I, I've spent some time in the restaurant space and have done a lot of research yeah. on consumer perception of 99 ending on the nines ending on the fives the 65 the 75 and ultimately you know i know that the the research shows that that really only matters if you're pulling into that next 10 so a 1999 pulling into the 20 helps with that perception but i challenge that today customers are so smart and they're they're the information available to them is so broad and wide i, I just really think they know 1999 is 20 dollars. we're not fooling them but yeah it just we're not I, you know, I, I would love, I would love for them to redo all of that research. Right. I mean, that's based on some stuff that's pretty old. Uh, and, and I, I would love to see what would happen if they redid all of those studies today. Yeah. So yeah. If, if anybody out there is big into research and you want to go do that, that'd be super fascinating. You should do that and you should share with us and we'll talk about it on the show. Uh, <laughs> Jessica, how about you? What do you think about this, this idea of like, you don't need the, you don't need the currency symbols and you don't need the price. Yeah. I mean, you know, the, express model really kind of took off with the $3 and $5 car wash, you know, decades ago. And mm -hmm. people just slapped that on the side of their building, free vacuums and the price of the wash. And, and that was pretty much it. Now we've, you know, gotten a little bit more um, <clears throat> complex with the unlimited packages and, and the different op options that um, some people feel like their their customers may need or may want. Um, there, there are success stories out there of operators that are doing a single wash package and they have two options on the menu and it is, here's the mm -hmm. wash package for today and here's the wash package for a month and that, and that's it. And, and I think that there's something again, to be said for, um, you know, knowing your market, including what your competition is doing and, and knowing what, what the market needs versus what it can bear 
And so, I mean, obviously there's a reason why years ago, Walmart ended everything in dot 97. But I think we're going away from that. You know, the society as a whole isn't using cash as much. You talk to some operators have gone completely cashless and they are, they are all credit or online. And, and so, yeah, when you're thinking people are still rounding, they're still thinking about the dollar bills. Are they thinking as much about the change anymore? I don't think so. Um, do you yeah. think that you could get rid of the, the the dollar sign or some punctuation here or there on a menu? Yeah, if it's designed correctly, of course, I think you could successfully do that and 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 limit you know what characters you're putting out there because again, there's value to that real estate and what is this emblem or item or word or number going to gain me and putting it on this piece of signage? So, are you guys ready for the next one? <laughs> I'm ready. <laughs> All right. So here's the deal. So, okay. <clears throat> I love, I love this conversation around the pricing and like, do we put the numbers on or not? Let's assume that, look, I don't, in the car wash space, I don't think we're ready to like remove the numbers. All right. So let's just assume that we're going to take off the dollar signs because we need some space on our menu. We want to keep it simple. We want to keep it clean. We're going to leave the prices on. Let's talk a little bit about like how you lay that out, right? Because every menu I've ever seen does it the exact same way. They're stacked. One, two, three. One, two, three, four, five. Five's too many. One, two, three, four, right? So if you look at a, a menu design best practice from the restaurant industry, what you'll what they'll tell you is that is not a good idea. Why? Because you are incenting that customer to make an immediate choice based on price alone. So this really, this is like a foundational question. And this is going to be, I, I'm really excited to hear what you guys say because what we're talking about is do we want our customers to make decisions based on price? Do we want them to make it based on what's actually happening in our wash packages that we get really excited about or uh, the combination of both? And and then how do you do that? Right? So if we don't want them to base on price, we're doing it wrong. I'm going to stop there and I'm going to, I'm going to put Anne on the spot first this time. What say you? Yeah, Anne? I would say, that we are hoping that our customers are making a choice off of the benefits, not even the features or the price. So that's one thing I would encourage if you are able to get out of, and I think that's where we're saying a lot of the visual weight on these menus comes from is either listing or having iconography that denotes each individual component within a wash to try and telegraph to our consumers what the value is, what's stacked in there. Like, yeah, you want to pay 15, 20, $35 for this thing. Cause there's a lot of stuff in there, but at the end of the day, they don't understand what they're getting. So we're really hoping that with those graduated components on our menu that we do at Sophie Joe's include a benefit statement to go along with the feature list. So like you were saying, classic wash and dry, you've got your wash, dry, protect, and then your wash, dry, protect and shine. And that also allows those, um, those associates on our operations team to understand and have that five second elevator pitch. Why do you want this one? It's got the, you know, it's, it's the shiniest you're going to get. It's the top wash package. I mean, ultimately this is what you want. Middle one tire shine all day long. This is where you're protecting your vehicle, et cetera. So I think having those benefit statements to get our consumers buying off of what they're going to get out of it is where we're really leaning into our strategy there at Soapy Joe's on the menus. I like that. I like that framing of it because it's, it's, it's about making it value unique and not value add. Right. 
right? You're not just adding more stuff. You're trying to speak to the specific benefit that the customer get, it gets. I, I love that. Um, <clears throat> Nick, what say you? Yeah, so I, again, uh, I love what, what Ann said and, and this thought of benefits and, and perceived value. I mean, it's, it, we're somewhat unique because we're selling a service, right? Uh, at the end of the day. And a lot of times you need to experience that service to attach some sort of value to it. So us at yeah. Sergeant Clean, we focus on speed, smile, and sparkle. So how do we focus on those benefits potentially for someone that's never used our services before, but we're trying to communicate that value uh, at the point of sale. And I, and I think Ann also said a great thing about the five second elevator pitch. It's, you know, yeah. I, I have a sales background and, and at times I'll tell the team that, you know, while in my past life, um, the, the ticket value was a lot higher, the sales cycle was a lot longer. And you almost have to have uh, a stronger sales skill set to be able to kind of pitch someone in that three to five seconds and get them hooked on yeah. the value of the membership than, than I did with a higher ticket value and a longer sales cycle. So it's kind of wrapping benefits and messaging um, around this. Um, but I, I think you're, you're bringing up some, some great outside of the box questions, Matt, in terms of menu as a whole. Well, and I, I think Nick, I think you hit on something here. That's really important. <clears throat> this is hard. Like this is a hard thing to do and a hard nut to crack. And I think that you have to put the work into it and you have to think about your menus the same way that you think about your wash process or the same way that you think about uh, your pitch for unlimited programs. You have to do the work, you have to try some things and you have to really think through that process because otherwise you're just you're just getting lazy, right? And you're just slapping stuff on. So, okay, so that's my soapbox for that. Uh, Jessica, do you, do you have thoughts on this topic? You know, I, of course. <laughs> um, you hear all the time, about, you know, trying to draw the eye up right on a menu sign and, and how do you accomplish that? And so a lot of yeah. times it's the brighter colors are up top or the larger bubble is on top or the larger font is on top. But, you know, we are taught for the most part as a society to start reading from the top down. And so that that top area is so crucial. That's obviously mm -hmm. where you're going to be putting what you want them to choose. Now, what all goes into that, I, I think you know, there's a lot of different opinions and I, I don't know which one would necessarily be the winner there, but you do have to consider when you're going through, you know, a, a fast food restaurant, all of their value meals are generally going to be larger and on the top of their menu. And then all the individual items will be below that on a menu. And so yeah. when you're looking at your, your menu design and and um you know how you want to lay everything out yeah we we probably do all you know stand in line and say my menu follows that you know exact recipe and it's the top package is the top wash um i do think kind of to go back to the you know the value benefit conversation with ann and nick um a lot of people are trying to justify why well, I want to charge $25 for my wash package, or I want to charge $30 for the top package. Yeah. And so they feel this need to justify themselves on the menu and add a whole bunch of stuff to that top package 
more to make themselves feel better for charging that price. And, and you do need to break away from that. You do need to find a little bit of confidence in, okay, I've done my research. I know what my product is. I know what my competition's doing. Now, how do I communicate that I have the best product to offer them on the menu? And what it, again, what it means to the customer. That's the trick. That's the magical equation. That's, yeah. That's so good. If y'all are watching or listening to this, I hope you're taking notes because this stuff is, this is, this is liquid gold, my friends. Um, all right. So I want to shift gears a little bit. <clears throat> Jessica, you're hitting on something that I think is um, pretty universal in terms of like top, right? Eyes go to the top. Um, <clears throat> on restaurant menus, it's top right is where they put the thing they really want you to buy. On websites, guess what, friends? If you don't know this, top right of the website, that's the thing they want you to do, right? So I, if you're going to buy on a website, it's in the top right. Um, I want to talk about, is there something we should be doing with our menus that, that's different? I mean, because really, we do follow that recipe. We follow it, like top down, top right. That's the big one. Um, you also see uh, people doing things with their menus where they do the big numbers and then they do the strike through. Is that a good thing or a bad thing? Um, so we're getting a little bit back into the bad, but I really want to talk about this a little bit in terms of, is there anything maybe different or creative we should be thinking about um, with our menu design from a tactical perspective? Is there anything that kind of jumps up or you guys have been thinking about? Um, and again, I'm trying to, I'm trying to buy you guys some times because I, I didn't give you this question in advance. So I'm talking a lot of words. So that you have a minute, uh, we're going to go in reverse order because uh, Jessica, I think you you um, you deal with menus maybe a little bit more than the rest of us. Yeah, so um, you know you could think about one of the things and just kind of messing around with different designs and things. Your sign is more than likely going to be a rectangle, but what if you design it in a way that you look at it more as like a globe? And so you're going to put your main wash package or your biggest product offering in a circle in the center. And then maybe you have smaller print that's built in all around that in different ways, but it still, it creates that bullseye effect. You know, Target mm. uses the bullseye really well, but if you were to look at that and you were going to put that on a menu and put your, your, you know, best package right in the center. That's where you want people's eyes to go. How would you graphically build around that? And so I think that that's a different way to think about the menu instead of kind of the moving your eye up or the waterfall perspective is if you think about it in the form of a bullseye, how would that look artistically and, and how could you make that, um, you know, number one, decrease transaction times for your customers and number two, move your wash mix up. I love that idea. I think that's super cool because guess where the most value is on a on a dartboard, friends? Yeah. It's the bullseye. <laughs> Sorry, I couldn't help it. That's I love that. I love that idea. Uh, Anne, what about you? Well, I would say you know we're talking a lot about these static assets that are the menu panels on a site, and those are you know frankly they're expensive. They're kind of a fixed component, and you may be sitting at home thinking, well, I I'm not going to rebuy all those. So how do I put this into play? I would say get creative with how your menu is displayed on your express pay stations because those are digital and there's a lot more play there 
So we've had a lot of success in um, thinking about different merchandising and A-B testing what's happening on those express pay terminals. It gives you a lot of flexibility to play with some of the ideas that we're sharing today and not have to go out and buy, you know, new hardware for your site. So one example concretely that we did at Soapy Joe's was uh, we've got a buy five, get one free six pack on our single washes. And that was in our journey, in the flows. Do you want to wash? Yes. Single wash? Yes. How about a five pack? Great. But we ended up putting that on the very front and merchandising it, get a free wash. And then you follow up with, here's how you access that. But our sales of those five packs skyrocketed based on how we were placing Mm -hmm. that within our menu architecture in that digital environment on the, our XPTs. So I would suggest something like that. It's a little more flexible and you can really tease out you know, different layouts, anything like that, that's really going to be eye-catching. And you can right. measure it right, right, right away. Yeah. Does it work? Did you start? Nick, how are you? Well, I don't know if I have a specific answer, but I, I have a little bit of a suggestion. And I think that, um, you know, a lot of times we may be looking uh, at our industry specific for, for new and innovative ideas. Yeah. And I think we are an industry that pushes forward. But I think that us as operators, a, a, a great practice is to look at other industries and, and see what's yeah. going on in those spaces as well. And maybe there's best practices there that we can apply to our business specifically, or maybe the industry as a whole. Uh, we have a, a dedicated practice to look at other kind of membership driven industries and see what might be working there as well, because it, it could be applicable to us. So I'd say, let's not limit ourselves to just looking to see what's going on in our space. Let's look beyond uh, and see where there might be some some benefits there that could help us as well. Yeah, good advice, good advice. Look outside and bring it in. Um, okay, so I've got two more things I wanna talk about. Uh, one is, one is uh, gonna be pretty easy, the other I don't know. The one that I don't know about is um, digital signs, digital menus. Are you doing them? Should we be doing them? Good, bad, ugly. Uh, and let's start, Nick, with you. What's your take on digital signs? If, what if I wanted to replace? Because then to Anne's point, you could swap out whatever you want. You can message it any way you want. Are you guys doing them? Do you think they're good, bad, indifferent? So I know in a previous panel, we did the thumbs up, thumbs down, right? So I, I probably yeah, yeah, did yeah. one of these. We're in the middle. I think it's in its infancy. Um, we do have digital signage at some of our locations. Um, what Anne had said it is certainly relevant, whereas if you have a lot of physical signage on site and something changes, yikes, um, because you're, yeah. you're, that's an expense right there. And, and especially if you're changing it, maybe every, if it's seasonal or, or maybe you go through a, a full-blown menu change, um, you have to account for that. But I think digital allows us to be uh, a little bit more agile. Uh, you can have a little fun with it. Digital also per, per, presents an opportunity to not just have static uh, signage. It can be certainly dynamic, um, but we use it uh, both for promotion of services, but also uh, directional as well. So we're toying with the idea yeah. of replacing the traditional um, wait go at the tunnel exit with some digital signage that we can also use for promotion. Um, so I think there's a place, I think where you might be at the infancy, but you know, Technology is a big piece of what we're doing now and where we're going. So we'll see. I really like the, I like, I like the exit end. 
strategy because that's the that's like the hardest part to maintain a touch point with the customer, right? And it's so important that as they leave, you're able to like try and get in front of them one last time. I mean, I think that's why it's really nice when people do the the towel dry at the end. It might not add any real benefit, but at least it's another reminder of the benefit that you just received as you went through that location. Um, okay, so we'll come back to that maybe. And what about you? Digital digital um, digital menus, not maybe not maybe with the XPTs or anything like that, but actual big tall right. digital menus. I I understand the debate, and for me and my money, I'm going regular old school LED backlit with the plexiglass in front. Yeah. I definitely see the utility on being able to switch through, make things seasonal, and there's there's definitely benefit there. But I think the other side of that coin is if you're flipping out your menu and you're having those point in time moments, you may fall into the trap of what we were discussing earlier with overcomplicating it, wanting to put the whole, like everything on yeah. there. And I, I just, I like the simplicity of it. Honestly, it's a huge expense too. And I just have never been able to, you know, swallow the cost of that and then be able to flow through. It's also a long-term commitment to being able to make use yeah. of that opportunity to swap out. So whether it's your creative team, uh, an IT team on the back end, I think there's also some functionality there that you need to in, um, consider in the total expense and total commitment of having that board. So I've stayed away from it, both in my restaurant days before this and then in the car wash space, but I definitely see the utility. I haven't taken that leap personally uh, in brands I've been involved with. Yeah. I mean, you bring up some, some real um, problems or challenges. I mean, maybe we should call them opportunities. Uh, either way, it's 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 hard stuff because look, you don't know how long those um, panels are really going to last because at the end of the day, car washing is a harsh environment. It just is, right? I mean, it took a long time for us to get LEDs to a place in this industry where you could really use them and rely on them. So here we are. Maybe that's happening with panels. Maybe we'll get there. I think the I think the bigger component that we will never really think about in advance is that uh, yeah. management piece. Right, because that's just another content channel that somebody has to manage, that has to fit into a strategy, that has to be maintained. And guess what, friends? The content monster is real, and it is eating us every day. So uh, we will <laughs> we will never be able to stay in front of that thing. Uh, Jessica, what about you? What are you seeing from customers in terms of like digital approaches? What What are people doing yeah, out there I that mean, you're seeing from from a digital menu standpoint? I I see it very rarely. I think there's still a big you know cost that's a barrier to entry kind of there and I think when you're looking at your wash operations, you want, you know, as few things that can break as possible. And so if you really think about a digital sign and all the things that could go wrong with it versus just a well backlit or just a well lit sign in general, um, you know, it's, it's a little bit simpler and safer. Um, I think that people are bringing digital technology uh, in creative ways and other places in their wash, whether that's with exciting lighting that they're putting in or different signs within the car washer around the facility. Um, and I think you probably get a little bit more bang for your buck right now when it comes to some LED fixtures and what their capabilities are and what their replacement costs may be versus one of the larger menu signs out front. This is this is part of why I love these panels is because we can we can have different opinions, friends, and it's okay. <laughs> um, okay, so I'm gonna I'm gonna wrap this up. There's there's lots of stuff that we could talk about when it comes to the menus. Um, I want to end 
with something that I always like to end with, which is what is one thing that I can do today to be better tomorrow? And so because you've had some time, Nick, I'm gonna let you kick us off on this. One thing today that I can do to be better tomorrow. It can be menu related or otherwise. Sure. Yeah, I, I mean, I think I, I mentioned it in my, in my good. It's just looking at your existing menus now and, and kind of look through the lens of non-member or, or, or guest mm -hmm. and say, is, is this right? It's, I'm not looking through the eyes of the operator. I'm looking for someone that maybe has never used our services before. And, and some things yep. may bubble up from that. I think it's, uh, I'll keep it short, but yeah, perspective or lens of a non-member. Love it. Love it. And how about you? I'd say work on those benefit statements. And once you have those, make sure you're flowing them mm -hmm. through to your staff. Do they understand beyond the feature list that's involved with every single wash package? Do they understand the benefits? And it, that's something you can create. You don't have to retool your signage on site. It's a speaking piece that you could add in and start today. Excellent, excellent. All right, Jessica, <laughs> you get a you get to take us home here. What is one thing that I can do today um, to make me better I, tomorrow? I think something that to me is simple, but we lose sight of it so quickly is to remember that you yourself are a consumer as well. And so when you run across something that you're attracted to or that hits home with you or, you know, that really works for you, think about why was that and how could you bring it home to your operation? Look outside of the box and, and don't forget that, you know, if there's a, a logo or a sign or even a commercial that makes you giggle, what was it about that, that that you could then bring back to your operation? I think that it brings a lot of um, personal warmth and feeling to your branding when you can do something like that and people will identify with it more. Great advice. Great advice. Friends, that's going to do it for uh, this episode of Menu Matters because your menu does matter, friends. And darn it, we like it. Um, we don't, I don't know, whatever. <laughs> Here we are, friends. Do what you need to do with your menu. Put in the work. Uh, if you've got a topic that you want us to cover on this show that's not menus, that's something else, go ahead and let me know. If you're doing something great, no matter what it is, uh, let me know. That's mdewolfatcarwash.org. And friends, if you want to catch more episodes of this program, you can do that at carwashmagazine.com. The podcast is anywhere you're consuming your podcast content. And until next week, there's just one thing you've got to do out there, and that is keep it clean. Car Wash the Podcast is your source for real stories and real business insights from the experts, both in and out of the car wash industry. Our show helps investors, owners, operators, and managers think about ways to enhance their business. Our podcast is a free on-demand audio program that provides information on the latest trends impacting the industry, tips from successful industry leaders, and inspiration for our listeners.